This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, last week, a group called the Independent Monitoring Group, which had been set up by, by the Ar- Irish Army to investigate bullying, harassment, sexual harassment, assault, discrimination, and other ills in our defence forces. There is a group of women, women of honour, who have set up themselves all are victims of what amounts to a shocking scandal in one of our most vital institutions. And we're joined now by Senator Tom Clonan to talk about this report and indeed to talk about his own investigation, which was a doctoral thesis and was published 23 years ago when he did it uh, as a PhD at DCU. Tom, Thank you very much for joining us. I watched the RTE program last night and I read the reports last week, the accounts of what women mainly, but not exclusively, have suffered in terms of bullying and discrimination and going as far as rape. The program, Katie Hannon's program last night was deeply shocking and I'm sure the people of Ireland have been shocked. Can I ask you first, about your own experience, because reprisals are taken against people who are whistleblowers, as you were and as these women are, in uh, in the army. And yet, nothing has been done for a long, long time. So can I ask you first about your own doctoral thesis, what you found, and how different or not things are today? Thanks, Eamon. So I was a serving officer in the Defence Forces uh, back in the 1990s. Um, and in 1996, which is 27 years ago, I came back from a very violent deployment to Lebanon and I decided to do a PhD or a doctoral study on the experiences of my female colleagues in the Defence Forces. And, and I chose that subject because I'd witnessed it firsthand Yes. Um, the suffering of women and children and, and the elderly in conflict in Lebanon, but noticed that they were excluded from the, the kind of the 24 hour news coverage, which was just beginning to roll out back in the mid 90s of the war in Lebanon. So 
I put in an expression of interest into Dublin City University. They reviewed that, put it before their ethics committee or the postgraduate research committee, the equivalent of such, and they accepted it. And I then had to write and get written permission from the chief of staff and the general staff to do the research as a, ser as a serving officer. And the work took place over four years. And, and I'm sorry about the detail here, but it is significant when, when we talk about what happened next. Yes. So after two years of the research in 1998, you know, you do an exam to go from the, the MPhil register to the PhD register. And when the postgraduate research committee heard the very, very explicit findings from my uh, study of all of the documents in the Defence Forces, it was clear that it was a very explicitly discriminatory organisation as it applied to women. Yes. There were all sorts of rules about, you know, female pilots weren't allowed to fly an aircraft if it had a weapon on board, uh, female personnel were not allowed to do intelligence work, and I quote, because their women are intellectually and emotionally unsuited to the gathering of intelligence. And if any, anybody who knows any woman knows that that's absolutely not the case. <laughs> uh, yes. It was full of all these extraordinarily unfair and capricious rules about women. But that uh, systematic and systemic discrimination placed women in a very uh, vulnerable position within the organization and subjected them to hostile scrutiny. But at that stage, Dublin City University were so concerned about those findings that they sent a copy of my research to... Um, their solicitors, which at the time was the big firm, Arthur Cox. Yes. A big corporate. So Arthur Cox came back and said, look, this, these findings are very stark. You need to get what's called a letter of comfort from your chief executive to continue the research. Yes. So in 98, I met with the chief of staff. So we're now talking 25 years ago. I was in the chief of staff's office face to face telling him asking him for a letter of comfort to continue my research and telling him about the very uh, systemic and systematic failings within the organization. And the chief of staff at the time, Lieutenant General Jerry McMahon, said, we need to put an end to this. We need to put our organization in, into the right space. So he gave me that letter of comfort and that allowed me to continue the research and to interview my female colleagues. And I interviewed a, a maximum variation sample of 60 of my colleagues. And of that 60, Eamon, 59 reported some form of bullying, yes. sexual harassment, sexual assault, up to and including rape. Yes. 59 out of the 60. And it was widespread across the Defence Forces in the Naval Service, in the Air Corps, in the Army. And their accounts were very explicit and very clear that this was a systemic and systematic problem. So I yes. published that research. You know, I did my Viva, an oral examination. I had to defend my thesis yes. in 2000. I had a very, very challenging and robust defense because the examiners found it hard, hard to credit, hard to believe. I mean, one of the things they said to me was that they found it hard to believe that an or a publicly funded organization in the year 2000 didn't have an equality mission statement. I yes. mean, but that was as nothing compared to the levels of sexual violence in the organization. At that time, my research showed that one in four women in the Defence Forces would experience a serious sexual assault. And here's where we come to the, the central principle of all of this, Eamon. I was, a, I was a staff officer for the Chief of Staff. I'd been promoted to the rank of captain. I had my PhD. 
when I published those findings, I immediately became the target of a sustained and very, very uh, damaging campaign of reprisal and character yes. assassination, which I'm sorry to say continu- continues to this day from that organization. Yes, and when I saw you on Katie Hannon's program last night, along with the Women of Honour or a representative group of the Women of Honour, you made that point that the retaliation or, if you like, reprisals against you have not stopped. No, and anybody in the organization, and this is one of the interesting features of the Independent Review Group, that it is a culture of reprisal, retaliation, and and, uh, the targeting of anybody who speaks up. And it's anything from raising a complaint on the redress of wrong system, anybody who talks about inappropriate behavior. And these are all listed as triggers for the retribution and the reprisal. Anybody who sticks up for a colleague, anybody who reports sexual assault, uh, any person, any female person who has a baby is is will be targeted for reprisal and retaliation. I mean, it's just an extraordinarily misogynistic uh, culture, which which has its roots in the British Army of the 1920s, which is where the Defence Forces unfortunately drew on for its for yes. its for its organizational culture. Like we inherited all of the physical infrastructure in the 1920s and we adopted the cultural infrastructure of the British Army, which is a class-based system, which is totally artificial and has no place in Irish society. But the reprisal began immediately for me. I was told that, or sorry, the the defense forces, the military authorities issued statements on all of the media saying that I falsified the research, fabricated it, that I was unethical, that I was a bad person. I, I was told that I'd breached the Official Secrets Act, which is a criminal offense, and that a file would be sent to the Director of Public Prosecutions. I mean, it, it just, I went from being somebody who was at the beating yes. heart of the organization to somebody who was um, against whom absolute hostility and I was physically assaulted. Our family home was targeted. We had, the, they sent the military police out to my house and that, that direction came from the office of the chief of staff itself. They tried to intimidate us. I, I got si- We got silent phone calls all through those long dark nights. We got abusive phone calls, texts um, from people who didn't even bother to conceal their identity. And this reprisal, this kind of group reprisal, was very, very persistent. So, long story short, I produced the letters from the Chief of Staff. This was a fully overseen and monitored, quality-assured PhD. So, we were able to show that the, the, the allegations against me were false. But it took, and, and I asked the then Minister for Defence, Michael Smith, to put in place an independent government inquiry to investigate my research. And I said at the time, the Defence Forces cannot be allowed to investigate themselves. So he set up, at my request, an independent inquiry called the Study Review Group and the SRG. And they investigated my research. And in 2002, they published their report and it fully vindicated my findings. And they also found that not only were women targeted in this way for sexual violence and bullying, yes. assault and rape, but young men also. Yes. Young sailors, soldiers, aircrew. And That report, which was published in 2002, said that one third of female personnel were subjected to serious sexual harassment. So the military authorities, Eamon, have known all of this for a quarter of a century. They've known all about this. So what's shocking about last week's report is 
that when it was published by the independent review group, it showed that the situation has not changed in that 25 years, even though the military authorities had full knowledge of it, as set out in my doctoral thesis, as set out in the government report of 2002, the situation has gotten worse. And that is indefensible because it means that lots of young women and men, hundreds, have been exposed you know, have been targeted for life-altering and life-limiting experiences that in many cases led to suicide. Yes. And that was completely foreseeable, predictable, and avoidable. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Just let me ask you about the independent review group's findings were published uh, last week and Michal Martin, who is now as well as being tarnished, uh, is uh, the Minister for Defence and he made the appropriate noises and my own personal opinion is that Michal Martin is one of the more decent politicians around the place. However, what I found very significant was this was discussed on another television programme late last week and the army, as it was, in this case, didn't put anyone up to, they, they were unavailable. But what they did do was they sent a short 30 second video 
which was blather and PR. And there was nobody on Katie Hannon's show with you last night to put the Army's uh, perspective, if there is one. And it does seem that the top brass at the moment are on the missing list. So there doesn't appear to be a willingness to confront this from the people who can do something about it. Yeah, I think the you have to remember that in every case, these examinations or reviews or investigations uh, came from, well, with the exception of mine, came from outside of the organization. So it was kind of imposed on the defense forces. And really, if it wasn't for media, I mean, my reputation, my working life, everything would have been destroyed were it not for the media back in 2001 that gave me the right of reply to the allegations that were made about me. And Katie Hannon and RT, the national broadcaster, provided the Women of Honour with precisely that platform. And those women are are so incredibly brave to come out, identify themselves, and go on the record and make their disclosures of the sexual violence, including rape, which you saw last night, which re-traumatizes them, re-traumatizes their families, their 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 partners, their 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 loved ones. It's it's an extremely arduous thing to have to do. But um, the national broadcasts were very brave in doing that, and that's what led to the independent review group. Um, and I think the last week, because of the sheer nature of the report, it is so stark. It's such a bleak report in what it says about the defence forces and its culture. You know, it talks about. A, a deeply misogynist culture that barely tolerates women at best yes. and often will psychologically, physically and sexually abuse them. And it, it, it details the, the, the spectrum of sexual abuse, which is an exact replica of the sexual abuse that I set out in very explicit detail 23 years ago. It's the same thing. But it says that 88% of female personnel that they were in contact with and they studied and and, and did a survey uh, reported at least two different forms of serious sexual harassment in, in the last calendar year. I'm talking about 2021 to 2022. So it's a situation that is where abuse is endemic. Now, that's one side of it. But the other thing that the report is very, very explicit about is this culture of reprisal. That the Defence Forces has a tendency, a reflex to constantly, the the first thing they do is pushback, denial, gaslighting, saying that it didn't happen or saying that they didn't know, followed then by the targeting of the individual. And the way they describe reprisal in the report is it consists of a number of parts false allegations or false charges are brought against the person. And then that's accompanied by rumouring, where rumours are set around the place, both uh, in the workplace and in the online space, trolling on Twitter and trolling on Facebook and elsewhere to, to, to damage and destroy the person's reputation. And then that is followed then by the destruction of their career, many being forced to leave the organization and, and many attempting suicide. So so that's where we're at. Now, the, 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 the general staff, I think this has been a hugely, it's been an emotional roller coaster for everybody. And the, the, the general staff, um, I think at this point, need all of the support 
and the tools that are necessary to drive the transformation forward that, that that's required. And they need to stop circling the wagons and being defensive and engaging in reprisal and actually take this thing now by the by the scruff and and dr- and bring the Irish Defence Forces into the 21st century, into the light. And they need external oversight to assist them in that and support them in that and, and to drive it forward. It, they don't seem to be... Um, there's a culture that they have uh, overseen and indeed, if you like, tolerated to the point where they're responsible for uh, its very existence. Would you agree with that? I would, and I would say... I mean, if you tolerate... If you could tolerate this kind of behavior, which they clearly do, if they ignored you, if they have spent the last 23 years seeking to damage you, this in itself is a tactic. It's the fear. And I I watched those women of honor last night, and I'd seen them last week. They are exceptional people showing exceptional courage. But... Why have the general staff not put up one person to explain the way their operation is being run? Ultimately, I think that's a question for them. And in time, I'm sure. But can you trust them, Tom? Well, to, I'll say one thing. First to, make, of all, to, to do the reform and implement I'll try and put that in a context for you. First of all, the reprisal that was visited on me. Appalling as it was and is, is as nothing compared to the uh, suffering of the, yes. the, the the women of honour and the women and men of honour and all of the good men and women in the Defence Forces have been targeted in this way. But the majority of them have, have tried to be the best soldier, the best sailor, the best air crew that they can be, the best pilot. And that resilience is there within the organisation. So what it requires is leadership on the part of the general staff. Now, the current general staff, I I detected a sea change last week when this report was published in terms of public reaction to it. It's no longer been met with incredulity. People believe it now in the same way that they believe what happened in the mother and baby homes with uh, institutional clerical sexual abuse and so on. So it's, it's, it's out there now. We have to deal with it. And the current chief of staff is the first chief of staff who I've heard come out and put his hands up and say, yes, this is a current contemporary problem and it's endemic. And that's why I say he is probably at the moment the best shot we have at driving this transformation and change forward. But I think the remaining members of the general staff now, I should say to their listeners, the, the current chief of staff, Sean Clancy, is, is from the Air Corps. He's, uh, he was a, a qualified helicopter pilot who did a lot of search and rescue. And this actually is a, ser- a, a rescue mission for him now to rescue the organization. But the general staff, the majority of whom are army officers, they really need now to get on board and bring the defence forces into the 21st century. So he has to have their support. And there can be no more reprisal. They need to stop doing that. They need to get on board and and bring the organisation forward. And I think in the next year or two, and with the statutory inquiry that is to come, 
we, we will see if there if there is progress. And if there isn't, Eamon, I would be thinking, a bit like on Garda Shia with Drew Harris, that at some point in the future, not yeah. now, if there is no change, then we should be looking at an Irish person who's achieved very, very high rank, perhaps in the Australian military or the US yes. military or the, the British military, who might um, be headhunted to come into the organization and, and help to be the change and drive that change. And all, all organizations have challenges, but this is an existential challenge to the, the very viability of our defense forces. So the current team, the senior leadership team, they need to, to get on board. And, and I hope in the coming days that, that we will see them on public platforms setting out what their plans are. Yeah, just a couple of questions, Tom. One about political responsibility for this, which um, now rests with the Minister for Defence, who is also the Tomish, Michal Martin. And the book for something like this, this is an arm of the state, an important arm of the state, uh, the military. The book must surely stop with the politician representing the people in this Area And that is Michal Martin, who is somebody I have re- some regard for. He's not a blackguard, but some of this behavior is blackguardly, and that's using a mild word. Some of it is positively sinister. And watching you, and in particular the Women of Honor, over the past week, as they have told their stories, and the, the depth of emotion they feel, one woman who was suicidal, uh, this has to be put right, and it has to be put right quickly and publicly. In, in terms of political responsibility, when, m- when my research was published back in 2000, and when the military authorities began their campaign of reprisal in the summer of 2001, the then Minister for Defence, Michael Smith, a Fianna Fáil Minister for Defence, uh, you know, when I was able to produce the letters that gave the lie, you know, the letter that I got from the chief of staff, the yes. letters from the director of training to say that I had permission to do the research, he contacted me personally and said, how do we solve this problem? And I said, there has to be an independent government inquiry. So I would say, in relation to Michael Smith, the Fianna Fáil Minister for Defence, he did exactly what it says in the tin and appointed that independent government inquiry set up and led by an incredible woman called Dr. Eileen Doyle, who unfortunately mm. has since passed away. So he did exactly what it says in the tin. That report was very explicit, and the military authorities were charged with bringing about the necessary change, and they were externally monitored by uh, a structure called the Independent Monitoring Group. But something has gone wrong, and that's why this independent statutory inquiry is so important to establish exactly where the responsibility lies. On whose watch has this deterioration taken place? And when Women of Honour made that extraordinary documentary with Katie Hannan, I was contacted by Michael Smith 20 years later. Yes. And he said to me, he was one of the first ministers to introduce reductions in the blood alcohol level for driving. Right. And as a consequence, you know, he was targeted at the time. Yes. You know, they said, you know, you're destroying rural Ireland. And he got a lot of flack for it. But he said over the years, he got this great satisfaction of seeing the harm reduction, the reduction in the numbers of people killed and injured in alcohol-related road traffic collisions. But he said, Tom, I am deeply saddened that the independent report that we did and the work that we did 20 years ago was ignored. 
and not only ignored Eamon, and this is the fundamental thing, we've had reprisal all the way. Every single one of the women of honour and the men of honour, each and every one of them have experienced reprisal of the most appalling kind. Yes. And I know of at least one Minister for Defence, Paul Kyo, who was the target of what he calls himself a, a subterranean campaign of reprisal against him as an elected representative and as a minister from serving officers in the Defence Forces. And that's why I kept saying last night, the reprisal has to stop, because the reprisal that's directed at me now, I've gotten advice on that. And when they directed, when serving Defence Forces officers directed reprisal at me as a retired army officer, well, that's a civil matter. Yes. But when serving officers of of the armed forces target public representatives for reprisal, that is a criminal matter. Right. And it speaks to the separation of powers. Yes. And it's something that, if it continues, requires investigation. And I would say, because I've been contacted by senior officers who have, who have named the individuals involved, I would have no hesitation of going into Shannadair and, and in the public interest yes. calling out this phenomenon. Because officers in the Defence Forces take a solemn oath of allegiance to uphold the Constitution. And if they breach that oath, then they're not fit for commission service. And in a healthy democracy, the armed forces should not intervene in the political because that's not their role. And if they, you know, I would say to those individuals, get out of the army, leave yes, and go and work in, you know, there are opportunities for you. There's great graduate opportunities in places like Aldi and Lidl and, you know, yeah. run for election. Do it, but don't get involved. Don't continue this culture of reprisal, because if they think the scandal in relation to the, you know, the specifics of sexual violence is, that's one thing. But if we have an armed forces in the European Union that seeks to intervene in the political process by clandestine and malicious means, you know, there's, yeah. there, there, I don't think there's any political or public appetite for that. No. Okay, Tom, uh, Senator Tom Clonan, uh, thank you very much for joining us today. You and others who have brought this to light uh, deserve our thanks. Thank you very much, Tom. Thank you. We're grateful to Tom Clonan, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.